Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, boys and girls, for another special edition of the Michael Deacon Program. Joining me in a moment is a longtime veteran of the program. Mr. Marshall Masters is here for a very special edition of the Michael Deacon Program. Marshall is a former CNN Science Features news producer, freelance writer, television analyst, and publisher of YaoUSA.com. Since 1999, he has been researching Earth changes and Nibiru flyby-related topics including sustainable survival communities, catastrophic crop circles, impact events, and future technologies. And in 2015, he attended an Ed Dames remote viewing class and viewed himself and others surviving a future catastrophe. Inspired to build what he viewed, he started crisscrossing the USA in search of sustainable survival regions and solutions. Now, without further ado, put your hands together for my guest, Mr. Marshall Masters. Whoa. All right, here we go. My, my, my. Here we go. My, my, my. My, my, my. <clears throat> Marshall? I think I, um... I think I could hear you now. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Uh, yeah, you had to bring me in. Yeah, I mean, the audio yeah. wasn't uh, working for me. I don't know why. Yeah, your audio is low. How's mine? You're good now. It's real good. Yours is a little soft. Mine's a little soft. Yeah. Huh. Um. Let's see. <clears throat> what about now? Yeah, that's a little better. Better? Uh, worse? I guess it's just um yeah 
the the studio app is different so yeah as long as you got me good that's what you know yeah as long as i we got good audio right yeah I'll, I'll tell you if you if you you want to you know when i do interviews with other guys right and um i still i kind of see them go from skype or from um zoom and they go to this because Streamyard right. is just uh the technology is so good it's so it, stable yeah it, yeah it seems to be a lot better than skype oh yeah this is much more stable than skype i i remember in the beginning before microsoft owned it Skype was solid as a rock <laughs> at one know? time yeah i don't know what what happened though but regardless you, you sound great and um everything is perfect on my side okay well good then um the there's a lot to talk about you know god we're, we're going into the shit now i know right we really are hold yeah. on let me see something really quickly here um uh, what about now uh hmm. give me another speak a little more one two one two better oh, this worse? is so much better you sounded like you were in a can before. oh wow whatever your last setting was it was awful wow okay muffled like you were talking through a towel wow like i was talking through a, a shoe right right now Damn. you're just you're banging dude nice all right you're well banging. i'm excited i'm glad everything's working out yeah yeah keep keep with it trust me um if i were doing a show if i wanted to go back and do podcasting again right i definitely would do Streamyard. i agree because the quality and it's so and um their system is has stronger security um so you don't get you know hammered right as, as easily uh so mazel tough with it good luck oh yeah i think you'll enjoy this show you'll, oh yes you like the uh, when you look at the, i'll tell you what it's when you put the audio files into an uh an editor and you're looking at the sound you know your signature right oh that's when you know that's when you know what you know absolutely absolutely and uh marshall i think we should just uh start from the top here and uh, we're going to be talking to a, a different audience this time a new audience so we might have to you know go through the very basic fundamentals for just a, a quick moment here before we get into anything else i think that's um you know, I adapt to the audience. I'm in service to people. Awareness is my job. So right. if you have a new audience, this is something where we bring them up to, you know, the first thing is they're going to want to know what is Planet X and is it going to hit us? Right. That's the uh, main concern right now, especially for those out there just discovering this, um, right. this subject. And a lot of them have uh, heard uh, through you from many, many moons ago, going back to uh, way even before 2012, you know, yeah, early I'm 2000s. Yeah, you, you're not a, you're not a dinosaur, uh, not exactly. You're, you're still human, Marshall. <laughs> good, good. Right. <laughs> the uh, uh, I won't have to worry about starring in Jurassic Park. <laughs> That's right. But um, yeah, let's that we'll take it off with because i think probably a good way to introduce it is that you yeah. see people who are putting up videos 
uh, heavily on TikTok, but Instagram, everywhere they can post video, not so much on YouTube. YouTube has been uh, really nasty in terms of suppressing uh, observation videos, whereas they get better play elsewhere. And, uh, but, you know, it's like people keep seeing this second sun in the sky. And then your, your lead-in question is, well, is that Planet X? And then I can take it from there. Ah, okay. Well, let's hit record and uh, let's just jump right on in. All right. All right, here we go. And joining me right now, not so live and direct, but pre-recorded, is none other than the man of the hour, Mr. Marshall Masters. How are you, my friend? I'm great, Michael. It's fun to be back on. Quack. Quack. As much as as much as bad news can be fun. <laughs> <laughs> right, clockwise. I'm so glad you're here, my friend. We have so much to talk about, but before we do, we are joined by a new batch of listeners out there. People who have just discovered you, my friend, and I'm so glad they have, because this is a great time to uh, catch up with uh, everything going on with you and, of course, Planet X. The main concern of it all, as always, Mr. Marshall Masters. Yeah. Well, you know, and I'm thinking, you know, they're going, what's Planet X? But also, to answer the question, what is Planet X? Um, look at all these two suns in the sky videos that are popping up on social media. And I, the, for years, it was on YouTube. And then YouTube has had a very brutal, methodical policy. I mean, you could put up a two sun in the sky observation video and get hundreds of thousands of views within a day or two. And now you're, you're lucky if you get 200 views because right. it's throttled and it, they don't let that content into the search engine. So people are going to other places. I see on Instagram, Facebook, I, Facebook, I can't even log into Facebook. I'm so blocked there. Wow. <laughs> All my thousands of friends, it's like, goodbye. They stole you from me. And, uh, but TikTok is where right now the best two sun in the sky observations are. And when you see these, what people are capturing <clears throat> is our sun and it is smaller sister sun we're in a binary star system and so when they say it's two suns in the sky yes exactly that is what it is it it is two suns in the sky and uh, the and the observations are coming in more hot and heavy now uh by the middle of next year uh, this is going this second sun, which is Nemesis. Now, Nemesis is, and here's where people get confused with the term Planet X because it's a very old term. And the first off, for those of you who are newbies, if you go to my website at yowusa.com and you go look on the videos link. Uh, Yowza videos, you want to go to Planet X 101, and the first video you want to see is who, what, why, where, when, and how. Now, that video gives you a detailed history of Planet X, and I'm talking about going all the way back to the discovery of Uranus, no less. Okay? <clears throat> That's really when the search for Planet X happened. Now, the term Planet X was actually coined 
1905 by astronomer Percival Lowell, who founded the Lowell Observatory in Flagstaff, Arizona. Now, the thing about Lowell, and this is what I show in the video, and by the way, I was pummeled and beaten to death, <laughs> in a sense, really? uh, by the deep state. Oh, they were just pissed off when I published this, and they went after me, tried to crush me, and came very close to it. Very close to it. They're nasty people. That they are. And, uh, but if you watch Planet X 101, well, now that is going to give you an amazing background because you're going to hear it and you're going to see it and see the people and see the concepts. And so that's the one thing all of you I want you to do is to, to think about this, all right, and go visit my site and watch this video. Now, I'm going to give you a quick summary of what you're going to see in that. The search for Planet X, and I said, as I said, the term was coined in 1905 by Percival Lowell. Planet X does not stand for Planet 10, period. You are also going to hear, if you go to the search engines and you type Planet X, you're going to be directed to Planet 9 theory, okay? Planet 9 is a government dis disinformation op. And I describe what happened with that on the website as well. But when you see Planet Nine, okay, this is from the same people that gave you Anthony Fauci. Really? Yeah, I mean, this is oh, wow. This is the same kind of stuff. All right, Planet Nine was designed to take everybody down rabbit holes. And I see. Uh, long story there, but to you know, to get back to it. What Percival Lowell did with Planet X is it, Planet X is a term he created to describe an object we're unable to observe, but we know it is there because of the manner at which it interacts with objects that we can observe. All right. So here's the, here's the stream of discovery. The very first planet to be discovered with a telescope was Uranus. And after, uh, you know, a few years of observation data, what they found was that Uranus has a perturbation in its orbit, a little zigzag. And what's causing that perturbation is that there's a very large object beyond Uranus, and that, zig that little zigzag, that perturbation, is the result of gravitational attraction. So they observed uh, in the orbit of Uranus this perturbation, and then uh, mathematicians used the data from those observations to calculate where that perturber, Uranus's perturber, would be. And they sent those coordinates to an observatory in Berlin. And literally that day, they just turned the scopes, bing, right on Neptune. That's amazing. That so is interesting. Uranus yes. was discovered with a telescope, but Neptune was discovered with mathematics. Well, then after a while, they find Neptune has a perturbation. And so now they're going, okay, the perturber, we, we, we need to find Neptune's perturber. And astronomers were doing that for the longest time in Europe, and they weren't quite successful with it. But 
Uh, Percival Lowell was independently wealthy from Boston, and he took up the the search for Neptune's perturber, which is, that's what astronomers were calling it at the time. Now, when they discovered um, Pluto in 1930, Clyde Tombaugh of that observatory, of the Lowell Observatory, and one thing you'll find is when the government disinformation ops are going and they're 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 going to always attack three people. They're going to attack Percival Lowell, Clyde Tombaugh, and then Zachariah Sitchin. They go at them with vulgar passion every time. So when you hear these three men who are phenomenal men and they're being smeared, you know who the smear jerks are. <laughs> okay. And uh, so that you understand, heads up. And when you watch my video, Planet X 101, who, what, why, where, when, and how, you're going to understand all of this in such clear detail. It literally, in one hour, I give you the equivalent of years of personal research distilled into one hour. So do it. Now, <clears throat> when they discovered Pluto, they thought it was planet X, all right, and problem solved. Right. Well, yeah, I believe in 1970, in the 70s, uh, the moon Sharon of Pluto was discovered. And once they discovered its moon, they realized that Pluto is, a, is puny, all right? It's 60% it's the size of our own moon. So it no way had the mass to be Neptune's perturber. And so the search has continued. Uh, if you remember the Pioneer probes, the one that had the golden recording of whale song and oh, such, yeah. yes, you know, it, it was made famous as in the character V'ger in the first Star Trek movie. And those were actually set up to do a magnetic scan. They were looking, they they just wanted to, you know, just detect, is there a presence of an object like this that is creating these fields? And they found, yes. All right. So what happened after that was in 1983 was the IRAS telescope. And uh, that was a sky survey of the whole sky. And as a matter of fact, when you're on Google Sky, <laughs> what you're Google saying Sky, is yeah. that 1983 survey, uh, for the most part, there, there's a lot. It, it's a compilation of databases, but that's a big one that's at the core of it. And what happened is the IRAS was out imaging, and it was infrared telescope. And the thing about Nemesis, which is the name of this second sun, right, is it's a brown dwarf. So it's, a, you know, maybe three to seven times the size of Jupiter. And unlike our sun, which, you know, keeps a nuclear furnace and burning bright, it didn't have the mass for that. And so it's, it's like a charcoal briquette in a barbecue, and it just banks off over time. Right. Uh, we're talking billions of years. And Marshall, and, by the way, I, I hate to cut you off and ask you this random question about the sun, but, you know, I have photographs from um, way back in the 90s growing up when I'm playing baseball, and the sun is yellow, and uh, today it's a much more different color. I was just wondering if, I, if I'm going crazy or what that is. 
Well, you're looking up, so you're not crazy. <laughs> right. Okay. But um, I remember, you know, it's, it, it, you say that because I, re I remember as a, as a kid. Yeah. All right. Yeah, as a kid, you when you're when you're much different. The yeah. skies were absolutely beautiful. Right. Uh, now you know we had a bright. The sun was bright. You couldn't, you know, you can today. You can almost look right at it for a while. Um, this, it's not the sky that we have today. It just looks like it's a little different. Sink. It's filthy. It's a right? little it's like, different. It's yeah. like looking through a dirty window. And oh, yeah. uh, so, and it makes observations difficult. Although, interestingly enough, and all of this is caused the chemtrail spraying and uh, our pollution. Uh, right. The the brown coal plants in China are terrible. What they're doing to the skies, you know, you know, we're sitting here beating our chests about carbon, and they're putting the worst filth up in. I mean, completely new ecological protection at all. They're just dumping. That's the reason why you see pictures of their cities that look like, you know, they're in some sort of chemical fog. That's right. I mean. You just got to look at Los Angeles from a f far away out here in California, anywhere out here in Southern California. If you look, if you're about, um, let's say, uh, 20 miles or so, or even less, uh, you're going to see all the fog all over the place out, out in this area. Mm -hmm. Like it's China. Yeah. Yeah. Um, interestingly enough, it has made it easier to make uh Planet X observations because right. of something called atmospheric lensing. And so the particulates are working like a filter you would screw on top of a camera lens. And uh, it is allowing the, the light of the secondary objects to come through more easily. Otherwise, we'd have, if it was the same kind of sky as, you know, the same sky that right. I looked at. When I watched the Mercury Seven astronauts launching, all right, I'm that old. Figure it out yourself. <laughs> and um, the skies—I grew up in Arizona. Yeah, you grew up in Arizona, by the way. For those oh, who yeah. don't know, I mean, it was—it was just beautiful. And it's like the last time I saw a sky like that was in South Dakota at uh, the monument. Very nice out there. And out there, it just seems it's a it's not a polluted area. And I was so taken by it. I took video of it just to remember how beautiful blue could really be and the sky blue could be. We don't have that anymore. Huh. So this is a problem. It's also the sun, the luminescence is increasing because it's uh, interacting with this object. The concern of this is that the radiation from Nemesis, and when I say Nemesis, and let's put that in the context of Planet X, because I you'll often hear me use the term Planet X system, all right, to describe what is in fact technically should be called the Nemesis mini constellation. Mm. And uh, the Planet X system is you have this brown dwarf at the center of it, and then you have planets and, uh, you know, minor planets, moons, and so forth. So it is a complete system like our system, except it's much smaller than ours, and it passes through ours. It's a parasite system. And in 
Nemesis itself has three major planets, Helion, which is a bright gaseous planet that actually could in some cases look like a small second sun to Nemesis and probably does in that uh, mini constellation. But then you have the, the second major planet out, which is Arboda, and it's a rocky planet, and it's a slave planet. And then the one far beyond that is Nibiru, and that is the homeworld of the Anunnaki. And uh, we're going to be dealing with them in the years ahead. They are going to return and for gold and women. So the Planet X system, or the technical name for it, the Nemesis Mini Constellation, right now is on a very sharp inclined orbit relative to the ecliptic. So which the ecliptic is, imagine, you know, you, you get the paper and you read the zodiac, right? And see what your zodiac is. Some people do, and, yeah. Uh, the, you know, are you in Taurus? Are you in Aquarius or whatever that? Well, those are the 12 constellations of the zodiac. And a good way to imagine them is that you're in the center of the sun and you make a concentric ring out from the center of the sun through its equator and out to the 12 constellations of the zodiac. That is the ecliptic. Below the ecliptic is the southern sky. Above it is the northern sky. Now, when the Planet X system is in the southern sky, which it spends the vast majority of its time, and it's no trouble to us there. It's only when it rises up above the ecliptic and into the northern skies, because it doesn't move like a planet. It moves like a comet. It's very fast. It has a steep incline, and uh, it's a, and as a and also it it doesn't rotate counterclockwise like we do. It's clockwise, and these are all comet-like behaviors. And when it reaches its point at perihelion, it is at its closest distance to our sun. And what is going to what we're going to be seeing here next year is it will reach perihelion mid-year. And at that point, once it reaches perihelion, is when a whole series of really awful things start to happen. And right now I am uh, oh writing I'm writing my next book and yeah. I'll have it out here shortly because it's uh, right up against the timeline. I have a timeline that begins with the winter solstice of this year going through to 2037. And so I'm writing the book to describe all of this, and I'm writing it specifically for uh, what I call indigo Rislings. And these are kids uh, are from the alpha generation, born 2010 and beyond. And alpha generation kids who are healthy, unvaccinated, and heterosexual are what I call the Rieslings. And they're the most important, the most precious generation of human beings since Adam and Eve. We are on the slope. I mean, we've already gone off the edge. We're going into 
an extinction, near extinction level event, but more specifically, if we don't do something, we're going to be in a genetic extinction event. We will cease to be whatever we were as wow. God made us. Okay. And this, uh, is, and this is coming, you say. It's happening. Or it's happening now. Happening. Okay. We will have the, this, the vaccine is a bioweapon, you know, and it's just people have such a hard time wrapping their heads around the fact that their government wants to kill them. Right. A lot of people yeah. have, have a hard time understanding that. They think, oh, well, my government would never, well, it would never do that to me. Yeah. You know, uh, the way I explain it is, uh, you've heard the expression, the elephant in the room. Oh, yeah. Okay. Look, this is not even an elephant is right for this analogy <laughs> because this is extinction. So let's replace elephant with woolly mammoth, right? That's always A good. Big honking woolly mammoth standing in the middle of the room. And there you have, all right, standing right behind it, looking in the opposite direction from the woolly mammoth is a normie. And he is admiring a portrait of Anthony Fauci on the wall. Okay. You got this in your mind? So what happens? You say to the normie, um, there's something behind you you really need to take a look at. And what does the normie say? Oh, shut up. You're one of those Trump conspiracy theorists. So you go, well, okay, so much for conversation. But then suddenly the woolly mammoth lifts his tail. And next thing you know... The normie is standing in mammoth poo-poo caca up to his knees. It's fresh. It's hot. It's steamy. Have it your way. Okay. So now the normie is standing there up to their knees in woolly mammoth poo-poo caca. And what do they say? What's the normie say? What is this? How did this get here? And so, well, okay, there's a chance of conversation again. And how do you answer them? You say, all you have to do is just turn around and you'll see where it's coming from. And instead of that, the normie starts struggling with the poop. And next thing you know, you can hear the poop sucking off one of his shoes. And what does he say to you about turning around? He goes, no, do something useful. Help me find my shoe. And this is it, you know, this is it. You have people that are standing in woolly mammoth poo-poo caca because they cannot believe their government is trying to kill them. And, and it's doing a very good job of it. So shedding is a real problem. Uh, we have to, we're going to have to, you know, sequester healthy families and put them in good, safe places, all right? You know, get them off the grid, get them out in the country, get them out of the way of history and all of the insanity and let them do their thing. You know, it was, <clears throat> it's important. Uh, we're told that during the last ice age, it's estimated that humanity was reduced to 40 breeding pairs. Okay, that's it. We were down to 40 breeding pairs. Let me ask you something, Michael. Go ahead, I'm here. What if they had been feminists and snowballs? Ooh. Well, we'd be in Where trouble. Would we be now? <laughs> we'd we'd be gone. Yeah. You know, so this is a real I'm seeing a really awful time. And people are gonna wake up because of 
they're going to get the crap scared out of them. We have some events coming up that are going to be absolutely horrifying. All right. Life-changing events. You in have, other words, yes. You have a part of the country. All right. This whole wokeism, all this insanity, pro common sense to the wind. All right. Guess what? Right. We're going to have, we're, we're going to have a Cuban missile crisis event. All right. And it's going to scare the bejesus out of everybody. I lived through the Cuban missile missile crisis. I remember all the adults around me, just the the fear on their faces. The whole country was horrified. And Marshall, what what, what gives you that uh, feeling that we're going to have a repeat of that? And by the way, you know, I just did a show the uh, the other day, and I was asking the guest if they feel that history is repeating itself, and here we are. I uh, mean, you having this discussion, and you're basically saying that history is repeating itself. It is, you know, and I follow guys like you know 107 sure. and others, and they're uh, these are white hats. They're coming out. Um, 107 has, uh, I call. He's got a great trick. I call it the anti-gravity floating goalposts. They keep moving, you know. But anyway, he's interesting to follow. Uh, there's a real consistent chatter on everything that we're headed towards this. We are in in my own website. There is a war going on, and it's going on under our feet. We are a slave species, and we're getting ready to cast off the people who have enslaved us, and they're not all humans, all right? There are other races that are using us no differently than, you know, we do farm-raised catfish, okay? Um, This is part of it. Nemesis returning this flyby is going, it's a very powerful event. The last flyby was Exodus, a previous flybys, uh, the sinking of Atlantis, and Noah's flood. This thing comes around every 3,600 lunar years. And when it does, it's really hard for us, and it's hard for them as well, the Anunnaki on Nibiru. That's why they come. Uh, They're going to come here. They're going to attack us, and their principal target is going to be NATO colonial powers, because those are the bad boys they got to take out. And uh, those are the guys, you know, they want the gold, but also they want the women and they prefer Nordic and Ashkenazi women Uh of of North of Europe. So they're going to be coming. You're, you know, folks are going to be seeing this coming along. And through all of these tribulations, which are going to be difficult, uh, we're going to we're going to see a going to see chaos, mind-numbing die-off of humans. Oh my god! Okay? Because what you have to understand is that the the vaccine is a slow release weapon. Now you know the more boosts you get, the quicker you're going to have problems. But even if you only had one vaccine injected and it wasn't heat damaged, and it wasn't a placebo, and that's all you had. Maybe it wasn't even one of the high doses. It was a low dose. It doesn't matter because the bioweapon is self-replicating. Once it gets in and it starts corrupting your DNA, it just 
it gets one cell to start up manufacturing the spike protein to, to go after the other cells around it. So it's a very insidious weapon of war. And what it's, you can see people, you have young people who are dropping dead on the sports fields. Uh, you know, we have black eyed children. We have all kinds of problems that are coming up. Um, uh, ex, you know, excessive deaths. Just recently, it was reported Italy had a period of three months with not one live birth. Three months, not one live birth. You know? Really? That, yeah. That is that pretty crazy. Is, you know, that, that takes you right back to the movie, Children of Men. All right. right. And, but it's also consistent in Australia. Over 70% of the births are stillborn. So women are not able to uh, carry successfully uh, as before. Uh, there's all kinds of problems with reproduction. Problems if with autism. Live. Yeah, there's all kinds of weird health effects that we didn't have. Uh, they, they weren't as prevalent as they are today, in other words. And I'm sure it's because of uh, our diets and our living situations, the water, uh, a whole list of things have... Um, basically turned us into what we've become ultimately in my belief yeah uh, what we've become is unprepared that too we are um look at our military they're they can't the marines are able to meet quota because there's always enough gung-ho guys who want to do that but army uh, they're you know they're 25 percent their recruiting numbers uh, are down less than to, before they send yeah. people to boot camp they have to send them to fat camp <laughs> right and uh, recruiting has been down by the way oh way down way way, way down. down it's it's almost scary because they can't find kids that you know are healthy and haven't been in trouble a lot or don't they're not pumped up on drugs right okay so uh, we have a generation that has just been eviscerated. They've been crippled. They've been crippled. They can't. It. I. I. I go into the store and I see teenage kids. Oof. And they're monstrous big. Monstrously big. Yes, we're we're so big. big. Now, we're so you know, fat out I, here. You know, I'm a heavy set old guy, but you know, we get a little slide on that. Well, right. Well, right? exactly. You're not a, you're not a young whippersnapper, as they say, you know, you're not in your, your younger years, 20 years old anymore, where you were like a hundred and like 70 pounds, 60 pounds. Now you have uh, people that are like 200 pounds and they're like 15. Yes. And you're in a crisis situation. You have to go upstairs to, to get out of a tsunami uh, you have to run yeah, good luck. from a fire or whatever. They don't have the mobility. Right. Okay. Uh, they don't have the emotional preparation. People are, we are mind, body, and soul. We are diminished. Mm. And it, I don't blame people for that. We have a system. We have a government that That's done is it. designed to bring the worst out of us, yeah. not the best. When I was a kid, being an American meant you could be the best you could be. You had a country that was for, we were for winners. We were competitive. We would get out there. We had a could, can do thing. Not now. Okay. Um, we're, it's insane. It's insane. So you have a populace that has been methodically weakened because the elites want to reduce our population. 
by half, if not more. Right. And they have publicly stated this. And, you know, the people that support them and what they are doing have this cognitive dissonance. They just turn off. Oh, I don't want to see that. So it doesn't happen. I mean, it's it's literally, again, they're the ones standing behind the woolly mammoth, you know, knee deep in cockapoo-poo. Right. Right. Uh, and it's like, no, I don't want to see where this is coming from. Just help me find my shoe. And it's sad. Uh, so these folks are when things really start getting difficult. And they will. And they will. These people are going to panic. They're going to be desperate. They're going to be clingy. And anybody out there who has been preparing mentally, physically, and any, you know, just preparing for what comes. Excuse me. For the people who are just preparing, they're going to handle it much better. So for those of you out there who have been doing that, and when I'm talking about preparing, I'm talking about real action steps, not not going into comments on TikTok, okay? I mean, I'm talking about you doing something real and practical. And people who are doing that will be able to find their way through these difficult times ahead. And what I would say to everyone who's in awareness of what's coming, when when things really start going sideways, and they are, and we're just within a month, we're just within a couple of months of everything. All right. And we're seeing the signs, by the way. Huh? And and I said we're when we are definitely seeing the signs. And one thing I did forget to mention when you brought up the two suns in the sky, I had a listener um, several, well, not several years ago, maybe just last year actually that. Uh, they live in the Caribbean, by the way, and they went jogging, and mm-hmm. they, and they said they saw the sun setting in the west as usual. But then again, um, later they looked towards the east and they saw another sun. Yes. So I mean, it is being sighted, and these are the the, the classic signs of what's to come. It's being observed, and people are standing on. Wooly mammoth poo poo caca. <laughs> That's it. That's the only way. I just think, you know, it's like people want to stand in the caca, stand in the caca. All right. Except here's one thing. Thank you for that. I mean, it was only appropriate. I don't get too many opportunities to use this sound drop, Marshall. So it was, well, it, it was fitting. <laughs> oh, boy. You that asked sounded, for it. That sounded like a big rat. Ooh. But anyway. <laughs> the uh it is we're going to start having a whole lot of things said as next year is going to be uh it's all going to start popping and one of the first things that'll happen is in my book being in it for the species i published it in 2014 wrote it through 2013 it's a channeled book and it I have prophecies for this time. And the first prophecy in this sequence of prophecies from this book that was given to me by the guides channeled is that what we will see following the winter solstice, which will be December 21. Right. Sometime after the winter solstice, which is the beginning of winter, so you got the, your three months, during that winter period, most likely in the early part of 24, is when there's going to be a major volcanic eruption along the Ring of Fire out in the Orient. Yeah, you know, probably, you know, somewhere 
in Micronesia or something like that. And it is a harbinger event. Now, what it will do is it's going to kick an awful lot of ash into the sky. And so the guides call it the winter of ash. Now, the thing about the winter of ash is that it will, uh, what you will see during this time is it will close down air traffic. And that's going to be reported because jets, jet engines do not work well with ash. No engine does. Right, right. And uh, except rocket engines. <laughs> you want to launch missiles, they don't care. They, they punch right through it. But anything else is going to go down. And when you know, when you see this, so put it on your calendar. I'm giving you a, a prediction here, actually a prophecy that was given to me in 2013. And my first rule of prophecy always is, be mindful of it, but do not live in expectation of it. Right. I understand that. And by the way, who exactly gave you this message, by the way? I would love some uh, context, especially for, you know, those that are just listening right now casually. I'm sure they're they're quite interested as well. It is a guide in the book that I say, Carlos. Carlos, okay. And what I will tell now, which I've never revealed before, but I got permission of the guide. Nice. It is actually the spirit of... Carlos Munoz Ferrada, the Chilean astronomer who announced the existence of Nibiru, Nemesis combination in 1940. Wow. And so uh, in here, and I, that was, that was the guide that I channeled for that particular reading. And so now is the time I need to publish everything because a lot i was i've been slowly over the years building a timeline of events and i i you know I, i'm not going to get into those and telegraph that before i've written it other than to say there's a long series of things that are going to happen between this december 21 and uh, 1930 uh 2037 interesting we finally have a uh, date now for uh, those out there who have always been wondering. And, of course, those who are new, I'm sure, are also wondering if this ties into the Hopi prophecy in any way, Marshall. Well, the Hopi prophecy is very interesting. Now, in the book I'm writing is titled uh, Revelation and Planet X, hmm. the Colburn Bible Indigo Connection. Interesting. And because what I'm really doing is I'm writing the book for indigo children. I see, I see. Uh, a new generation that I call the Rieslings. And they're young, and so I'm writing it to help them and their families. Uh, and part of this is I go through Revelation, and I'm doing Revelation 8 and parts of Revelation 9. And uh, because all of this fits into the timeline that is in there, uh, what I did find is that with Revelation 8 and 9 is that John, who wrote that, <clears throat> the fourth and the fifth messenger of Revelation are switched. Revelation 9 is, is actually, it's switched because one of the things, and you see in Revelation 9, John is really freaked out, and he's talking about this stuff. I mean, it... Um, when when he's saying it, the let me just read it. I just yeah, no worries. Yeah, yeah, you could read. I was actually gonna 
I was actually going to ask you what exactly was the significance of the Cobran Bible in relation to the biblical accounts in Revelation and Exodus, and you're pretty much, uh, you're pretty much taking this there already. Cobran corroborates the Bible, and the inter- and where it's really important in understanding Revelation 8 and Revelation 9 right. is in the use of metaphors and of what happened, and the important thing about Exodus is that the Colburn Bible and the Old Testament, specifically the, the books of Moses, all right, were both written at the same time by people who observed the actual disaster. Uh-huh. So these were scribed by survivors of that event. And we have from the Egyptian side in the Colburn Bible, which has a huge amount of detail, and then we have the Hebrew side, <clears throat> which is not so much. And the Hebrew account is really more of, you know, here's how we won. Now we got to keep carrying the ball forward kind of thing. Whereas the Egyptians were, what in the hell happened? <laughs> you know, it was their 9 11. Right, right. <laughs> yes. And so uh, this is, uh, you know, as I'm going through it and I'm tying all this prophecy together. Yeah. You know, it's 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 amazing. It must have been but, blowing your mind, yeah. But uh, all of a sudden, you know, now uh, what I will say is Revelation 8 clicks perfectly. It's prescient. Uh, there's no square pegs and round holes. It's really amazing. And uh, the, the articles that I was writing about this, my Revelation series on my website, is the basis of the book. But I've taken those and, you know, pull them apart and use certain elements in different ways and enhance, upgrade it a lot. But if you want to come and see where I'm going with, with this, you can go read my Revelation series. I have three articles over on YOWUSA.com. But the interesting thing I found with Revelation 9 was the, um, and out of the smoke came forth locusts to the earth. Uh, they were, they could not injure the grass of the earth nor any green, uh, but only who have not the seal of God upon their foreheads. So they are allowed to torment um, those who are do not believe in God the Creator. And however, it's in Revelation nine five where the where I really find the science link. And it was given to them that they may not kill them, but they, they may be tormented five months. And their torment is as the stor- torment of a scorpion when it may strike a man. And tormented for five months. When the Anunnaki land, they got to get the gold, they got to get the women, and they got to get the hell out of here and back to their planet before it hits the ecliptic. And all of it's going to be happening around this time, what I'm going to be documenting. And so the five months of Revelation 9 is scientifically correct. They have to get, if they're going to return to Nibiru during this flyby, after they land, they've got five months to do what they're going to do, and then they got to hit the hell out of Dodge. All right? And how, how is anyone going to escape their wrath, in, in your opinion, Marshall, if they can, that is? How are they going to escape how the can wrath? You, yeah, how can they escape? Uh, will, be, will, will people have to go underground to escape uh, these things from happening to them? Well, I, 
I, what I am always telling people to do. Now, this is my this is the reason why I wrote a, a series of survival books, uh, and those are Surviving the Planet X Tribulation, which is a way to gently explain the things we're talking about here to a faith leader, because my belief is that churches are going to be, small independent churches are going to be the most adaptable and the best to be able to respond to these disasters. All right. If you're waiting for the FEMA truck, water trucks to show up, tough darts, farmer. All right. Right. But you get together, you're in a small church. See, the beautiful thing about a small church, you have an established chain of command. Yeah, everything's political, but you have established chain of command. And a small and you have a diversity that you don't have in a for-profit company. You gotta if you're in a construction company, how many design artists are you gonna have on the payroll, right? Right, right. Uh, you know, how many dental hygienists are you going to have on the payroll, right? You don't have them because you're a construction company. But in a church, you're next to you is a, a dental hygienist, and to the right of you is a sanitation worker, and behind you is a lawyer, and in front of you is a nurse. People coming from all different fields and walks of life to pray together. So a church has an amazing skill set to draw on in terms of diversity. And then the third thing is churches respond to catastrophe much better because their model is to be in service, whereas with a company it has to be for profit. And if it's just being about in service and you're helping people, that's it. You're not counting the beans. You're getting the beans out to the people so they can eat them. And so churches, for this reason, are going to be the best organizations for people to pull together and create small, off-grid survival communities. I call them win-win, because it's just as the name says. It's a win-win. Everybody who's involved in the deal is getting something out of it that makes it good for them. Everyone's happy with the deal because everyone's you know, getting treated fairly in the deal. That's a win-win. And win-win survival community is an underground community. You got to get the people underground. And not only to get the people underground, you got to do underground farming. And so the book goes into that. And not only just underground farming to feed the people in the community, you have to be able to feed 10 times that number. Because that way, when the economy is somewhat normal, you're able to produce product that you can sell to support your community. But then once everything goes to hell in a handbasket, you don't stop producing, you keep producing, but now you direct that output to your local communities around you. And uh, you know what you're doing for them is that uh, you now become a light of hope. Instead of being, you know, Everyone is sitting there on the hill overlooking you, and they want to get a piece of your action. Now, all of a sudden, everyone locally in the community understands that you are a precious resource to them, and they're not going to let anyone go in and get at you. Um, but also, you're going to have alliances. You're, you're going to want to have veterans, first responders as core members of your communities. There's a lot that I talk about this in win-win. People, uh, they ask me, so fine, you know, what are you talking about? And I'm saying, here's a way to do it. You do 21 families, 
in a community. And what you do is wherever that community, rural community is gonna be, you want 11 families to come from that area. 10 are gonna come from the cities. And the deal is the people coming from the city, they put up all the money. The people in the country build it. They put in the sweat. Everybody gets a home, all right? And the main thing is about building a community. And this is a simple formula for now, you could have uh, folks living out in a rural area and, you know, they do a win-win with folks that are coming in from the city. And it's, you know, it's just not everybody. You don't want drug dealers and flakes and all these kind of idiots. Right. So not anybody that can just walk up and throw, you know, bag of silver eagles at you. You know, you're saying, okay, who are you? What are you bringing to the, you're building a community. And I know, I wrote all of my books and I wrote my books for years in advance. I have I have seen the times that we're going to go in. I, the guides have shown me to it. I write about it for 20 years. I talk about it for 20 years. And now it's happening. Now it's happening. So now you, uh, I, I guess you can say you were always sort of inspired by these guides to sort of lead you into the investigation into, you know, these biblical prophecies and Planet X and getting that message out, you know, uh, to the public, all the information that you have learned, Marshall, throughout your years here on Earth. That's what I'm, and that's literally what I'm doing with this book right now. It seems like it, yeah. And, and Marshall, you know, I, and Marshall, I finally encapsulated it. Marshall, I gotta, I gotta stop you there and just quickly say, you know, I've been listening to you for uh, such a long, long time, going back to the 90s, hearing you on the AM dial, Marshall, and you know, I never thought I would, uh, be talking to you uh, to any capacity, let alone call you a friend of mine, Marshall. And, you know, when I didn't hear back from you after we were scheduled to uh, do this show, uh, I genuinely worried uh, about you, Marshall. I was like, I hope he's okay. I hope nothing happened to you. Uh, thank you. You know, I just thought I would tell you that because I don't think you uh, know that. I don't really affirm these sort of things with people, but. I just wanted you to know that I genuinely uh, do care for you. I really appreciate that. And, you know, and there are a lot of other folks. And what I want to tell you is I'm a childless man. Right. You know, and, uh, you know, my former wife and I are still great friends. That's but, good. That's good. You know, it. she didn't, her, her, she didn't want to be a part of the mission. And so it's I okay. had to go on, but it's, um, if for folks that uh, have children, all right, you couldn't do what I'm doing because they are going to come at you and they're going to go right at your kids to intimidate you. If the, if, if destroying you economically doesn't do it, they're going right. to come at your family. So I have had that advantage in the sense that, you know, I don't give them stuff to get at me and basically the only way they're going to shut me up is, is you know through attacking your website and such yeah. I hear and I, I live with that that's i live with that that's and i can tell you it's come close there's been i've been told there were times it was very very close um my goodness but i i am not going to quit i'm not going to quit whether i'm too stupid to quit <laughs> no, you, you serve. You, you serve. Too a, much, it doesn't matter. You, you serve a purpose, uh, Marshall, on this planet. Uh, I hope I do, and oh, I hope do. that it, and I hope it materializes. I want to see 
because I want people to be able to fight for their lives. Right. And, you know, there's a simple truth. The first to die are the last to know. And it's just that simple. People are blindsided, and they get blindsided and blindsided and blindsided and blindsided. And, you know, they go, well, how did this happen? It's because maybe you weren't paying attention. Maybe you were so busy being, you know, material or whatever you're doing, you just, you didn't have any situational awareness. You're not seeing it. And uh, I see a lot of that going on. I mean, the God, when when I was in college in the 70s, Americans were so much smarter and healthier. And golly gee, uh, you know, right now you look at, CNN, Fox, MSNBC. Everything on TV. Congress reinstated. When I was a kid, there was a law. Pharma was not allowed to advertise, period. And after cigarettes were deemed to be hazardous for your health, they weren't allowed to advertise. And we had a very robust, very competitive media. I was in, I worked with CNN in the 80s, in the good days, and uh, we had to get the story right because we were competing. Now, if you look at uh, Fox, CNN, any of this, you go see what, where's their ad revenue coming from? All of them. Well, that's Three coming from of the money is pharma, pharma, big pharma, right? That's it. And, uh, you know, this, if the law was reinstated that they couldn't do it, Fox, CNN, MSNBC, and all these other, they would be within three months, they're gone. They'd they're be gone. hurting. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they don't know how to compete. They don't know. All they know is how to read the narrative that's given them. They don't actually know how to do journalism. I agree. All right. And because they don't have, you know, the ethics aren't there. I was watching, um, somebody asked me to watch a clip of uh, 60 Minutes, and uh, I was watching them interview an attorney and who is, you know, one of the guys being hassled uh, with all this election interference right and there was nothing objective they were just smearing him blasting him everything he was very polite and he just talked against it but they were just they called him everything except poo poo caca wow you know i mean they just wouldn't let loose of him and we see all of this people don't understand but nothing opens a closed mind faster than an open coffin. That's when people for sure, yes. are burying their loved ones. Uh, you know, uh, you know, we have all of these Americans who are going, oh, let them in, open the borders. We love the world. We're, you know, all of this righteous liberty and all of that. Okay, I'm up here in Maine. And I can tell you that rapid that active shooter incident was 73 miles from my home. Whoa, I didn't know you were that close, uh, Marshall. Uh, that's right. I was 73 miles away from the guy who, you know, went in there and killed 18 people and injured 40 others and then offed himself. And that was an active shooter. And I can tell you that the law enforcement resources in Maine were literally sucked down into that. 
And actually, it went into two states. All right. Huge manhunt to find this guy. And thankfully, you know, my prayer was, please, the, the bowling alley was awful. But 18 people died, by the way. 18 people. Just awful. That's crazy. And you know, the thing about that bowling alley is that what, what they don't report is 97% of all active shooter incidents like that happen in gun-free zones. Mm, this was called the, the spare and, time bowling alley. And the spare time bowling alley had a published policy. No concealed firearms are allowed. Really? It was an, a gun-free zone? It was a gun-free zone. The shooter obviously knew that. The shooter knew it. He knew it. And the man who made that rule died. Oh, no kidding. He and his son were both murdered. His Ooh. son tried valiantly to, to come at this guy and stop him. And the guy saw him coming and just put one right in his head. Just, just killed the kid. Wiped him yeah, out, right yeah. There. And that kid was, you know, he was out there trying to save lives. Now, yeah. I want to put this in context for everybody out there that is going, oh, we got to, you know, we need to leave the borders open. Oh, no. We need to leave the borders open. Now here, I'm going to put this in focus for you. What happens to law enforcement in your state if you don't have one active shooter happening, but 20 or 30 all at the same time? That's pure anarchy, uh, Marshall. Exactly. And what we have, all these military age guys coming over the border, and a lot of them are subsidized by the UN, Okay. Uh, so they're getting their $2,000. All of this is a subsidized invasion. And what's going to happen is all of these people who are, oh, you know, let's give them a great, you know, let, let's, let's let them come over the borders and it's good. We're not gonna, not, you know, let's not be nasty and complain about that. What are they going to say to people when their sons, daughters, families are being hacked and butchered and killed by the hundreds because all of these illegals, especially the runaways, they're not the ones that just walk in to get captured. We're talking about the ones that go where those people aren't. All right, Marshall. Because let me let me just throw want. this. Let me just throw this at you because this is a very very new story, one that just came out, and it deals with um, a, a, a South Texas congressman by the way, who made this comment, by the way, I, I thought you would find this interesting. And I quote, it shows that non-border community cities have more crime than the border communities. That was from a oh. Democrat out there, Henry. That's not consistent with what in law enforcement and the ranchers and everybody out there is talking about. Right. That's what I'm like, what, what? a rancher that goes out <laughs> and finds, finds body dead bodies on his property every day. I, I just don't understand what, what would make him say that. That sounds like uh, something he made up. Well, they, they lie through their teeth. Look, they all know the plan. The plan is to destroy America. They hate the country, and they want to destroy the country. They want to turn us into a communist caliphate or whatever the hell their notion is. All right, This is subversion from within. And what's going to happen is... It is going to come home to haunt us here. Next year, you're going to start seeing this. It's going to, and it'll be, 
Do you think we're going to see some uh, terroristic uh, attacks, uh, Marshall, in your opinion? Yeah, because that is how they're going to implement whatever policies. If all of a sudden, imagine they say, okay, all of a sudden we have all over the country active shooters, and what happens is the public is out and they're starting to carry rifles and pistols, and then the Democrats, oh, my God, this is a crisis. We're, you know, blah, blah, blah. We need help. And then all of a sudden they're going to ask China and UN and all these people, please send us police officers to take care of this mess or whatever. They're going to use it as a way, you know, to uh, get get power. At least that's what their obvious intent is to do. Right. And um, nothing ever goes according to plan. That's what I'm. That's what I'm thinking. Um, all of this will backfire in the end. I mean, we are kind of getting overpopulated in in all the major cities. Like in Los Angeles, you have a bunch of immigrants out there, and you have a really dire homeless issue. And of course, you see you're seeing in real time what's going on in New York, and uh, it's really bad. And the furthermore, if you want a, another preview of what's to come, you know. You can always look at the UK and uh, Sweden and see how see how things are going out there. That's right. It is. It's an abortion, Marshall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean it is scary times. Um, and and we have generations of people who have been. It's not even political. We see no. what's happening. Yeah. All of this, right? Mean, you know, MK Ultra mind bending. Okay. It's terrible. People don't do it. But my God, when I was in the 70s, I remember people took the daily paper on Sunday. The big thing, everybody wanted to read the Sunday paper. It was a big, thick one. They'd pass it around sections. Um, And a lot of people, if they didn't go to church on Sunday, they'd go to a newsstand and get a major city like New York Times, Wall Street Journal, something like that. Uh, Christian Science Monitor. I used to get that. I liked it because the reporting is excellent. And the people also took news magazines, Time, Newsweek, U.S. News, all right? Uh, We had a lot of print news, and the journalism standards were superb, and people were better informed we went we went to libraries we also had the and, um the op- we also had operation mockingbird but you, you can't forget that though marshall yeah there's you know, they, operation right they, they you know obviously there there were good journalists and there were obviously truthful truthful stories but of course you had the cia in, involved in a lot of these things you know they were paid uh to you know they're recruiting uh leading american journalists back in the day to print out propaganda way back in the the in the 70s that's right and so you got to be careful you you have to be careful and for me as a planet x researcher i followed the politics because you have to though perfect storm right i'm seeing you remember the film perfect storm absolutely yes you had two storm fronts hit and those poor guys in the boat got caught in the middle of it right 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 they were sunk well, we have a perfect storm of natural disasters and man-made disasters, and they're hitting at the same time. Right. And uh, for those of you who have been aware, you're following it, you're making plans, you're thinking about this, 
you're much further ahead than most Americans. And what I would say to you is when people, when the big scare comes. The big kahuna. The big kahuna, be quiet. Don't, you are going to have people whose bubbles are bursting, all right? They think they have a good beat on things, and they're right about this, and they're right about that. Nothing that they think is right is working. And they're going to be in a really conflicted state of dissonance. And they're, and on top of that, because of all of the government mind control programming, they're not going to process that. They're literally people are not able to process. You shut down the frontal lobes with fear, you're just talking to a panicky animal. And if you look at everything they do, so what I'm suggesting to those of you who are following and you understand and you're doing what you can do to prepare for, you know, set aside provisions, but also other things, you're thinking about how to get through this when the normies start waking up and it's going to be a brutal awakening. Brutal. Stay away. Oh Don't get involved. Just let it. You got to let them because they could literally, these people, it's like trying to get someone out of a cult and deprogramming them. All right. They are going to, they're going to be some people that are going to go, you know, damn it. I, <laughs> I got, I was a mullet. All right. I, got, I need to do something here. They're going to be far and few in between. Most of the people are going to, they're going to wail, cry, scream like crazy. And if you try and talk with them during this time, try and help them do anything, they're going to be like drowning people. And drowning person is going to, you know, they want to get up and get air so bad, they'll grab you and push you down so that they can leverage you to get them their heads above water. And that's the reason why I like gardening. You got to let them get a, let them get a, you know, let them swallow some water. That'll take the fight out of them. And then you can pull them to the beach and give them resuscitation. Uh, you just have to do this as a lifeguard because you're going to have people in the water frantically thrashing and they will take you down with them. Oh my, so we're going to hear this. Hear a lot of that. Yeah, yeah, we're going to hear that. Oh wow. yeah, we're going to hear. And it's going to start. There, Look at what they do with blm antifa all of this all of these operations are to create chaos that's right fear, that's right and uh because chaos and fear works to their advantage because when people are in fear they'll do anything to get out of fear they'll make any kind of bad deal they're just you know they're not going to stop and go hold on a second now what are we really talking about here and how come this happened? And how, no, right. they don't ask questions. It's like, you do what we tell you to do. It's all going to be groovy. You go back to Walmart, right? Yeah, go back to Walmart. And people are going to do, okay, I want to go back to Walmart. And they're going to do that. So you have to. But if you're a survivor, and I'm writing the book for the survivors. You know, I mean, I had one person say, why, why aren't you trying to save everyone in the world? Well, you can't. Yeah, that's right. That's you impossible. Can't. You know why? Because it's not my job. It's your job. Exactly. You are only responsible uh, for yourself. That's right. And so we have people that have been taught 
to believe that the governments love them and they can trust their lives to the government. These people are really being betrayed. Oh, yeah. I, I feel so bad. I, I, Marshall, Marshall, I feel yeah. so bad for those people because there's so many of them in America. The, there's a majority of them in America where they, they fully trust our government. It, it's insane. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's such, it, it, it's a sad thing to witness. You know, for me, it's, we're coming, this war is going on. I can tell you people go, well, you know, all the Q stuff is nonsense, conspiracy theory, nothing's happening. It's all bullshit, blah, blah, blah. Sure. Go back in your bubble, you dumbass. Ooh. Okay. That's what I got to say to these people. Go back in your bubble, <laughs> you dumbass. Okay. You go to my website, you follow my signs articles. We're up to, I think, signs 82. Okay. Right. And since 2015, I think, is when I started the series, and every month we're reporting earthquakes and fireballs. Oh, yeah. Well, a couple of years ago, we saw something happening, data capping, where month after month, and I'm talking about this was for a period of 15 consecutive months, the complete number of earthquakes of all magnitudes for any given month never exceeded 10,000. It was all capped. It's just like a flat line, you know, you see in the movie, you know, the guy plots his and that's it. Bleep! Flat line. Okay. Flat line. And we're reporting the flat line month after month after month. And we know this has nothing to do with science because we've been looking at this data for years. Okay. And it never flat lines. That's not what nature does. So... <clears throat> This goes on and on and on and on. And finally, I just decided, okay, let's change the tune and see what happens. And so I changed, uh, did the graphics differently so that I could illustrate the data capping more effectively. And then what I said is I, I said, what we recall is that, and this was happening back in um, 2018 and in 2019, um, we were seeing these anomalous earthquakes in areas where you didn't have normal earthquake activity, uh, very quiet areas. And these quakes were always of the same magnitude. There was 3.1, 3.2, or 3.3, always. 3.1, period. But it was the signature on the seismographs reading that was the key issue because a natural earthquake, you have a little nipple, looks like a, a Hershey kiss on its side. And that is the energy release. And you start seeing that little nipple form. And then you have the movement. And that's when the needle goes, the big, you know, swing, scratch, mm. scratch, scratch. Okay. Right. So nipple scratch. Got it. What we were seeing is that there was no nipple, no energy release. No nipple. It was just sudden, sudden onset. And when we researched it, we found out that the what causes that is the use of a, an underground nuclear detonation. Ah. So what happened was I said, the reason for the data capping is that they are using tactical nuke warheads to destroy these dumbs, which are fabulously huge. And underground. 
And that's what was causing these 31323s without an energy released nipple. Well, the funny thing is, the following week, guess what happened? The data reporting normalized. No more capping. So I called them out. Now, I want to ask you, who do you think was doing the data capping? The white hats or the black hats? Maybe the white hats. If you, if you said white hats, congratulations, you win a cookie. Uh, because it was them. The data capping started in the last three months of the Trump administration. So it is the white hats doing the data capping so that we do not you know, realize that they're blowing up these deep underground bun, dumps. And they kept it for a while, and then now it looks like in the last month or two, uh, they're going back to the capping because I think they're getting ready to blow up a whole lot of dumps. Oh, my. So for those people who are going, well, you know, give me proof that, you know, this all this white hat stuff that they're fighting a war and all this is really happening. Well, I got the real proof. <laughs> you know, I caught them hiding the goodies. Right. And, uh, you know, so, and I'm, you know, and I'm saying it just so that for those of you out there and you're wondering if there really is, you know, Q and there's really all of this stuff and there's all of these governments and they're working to defeat these people underground. Right. And uh, it all is kind of like a Hollywood movie kind of sounding thing. Well, I mean, no, the really audience, the, most of this audience has heard of all these uh, things, all these stories and rumors about these underground facilities going back uh, to, um, let's say, like Bob Lazar. John Lear mm -hmm. and all these other individuals who've been talking about mm -hmm. these underground facilities. And of course you have everything going on right now with the Pentagon and uh, UFOs or UAPs as they like to call. And you know, you had David Grush going out there talking about, or rather testifying before Congress and talking to the Pentagon about recovered crashed vehicles of unknown origin and non-human biologics, um, I believe is what they've been throwing around. And, you know, Marshall, that's one thing I haven't really asked you about at all, is all the UFO, UAP stuff. And uh, I'm curious what your thoughts are uh, about all these individuals coming forward right now. Does this tie in together with uh, the bigger picture? I think it does. I, look, we are, uh, we're not alone. And, right. I, you know, when I was a young fella, I saw a UFO for the first time. And I remember it was just, we were in Prescott Forest, and this was a clear sky. It was back in the 70s, and we were out prospecting. And so we were laying on our back, and we were watching a meteor shower that was just stunning. And we're watching the meteors falling off from overhead, going to the far horizon. And then we saw this one big one. Uh -huh. went all the way down to the far horizon and then it didn't disappear it just came back exactly the way it came and stopped directly above our heads at a few thousand feet and then boom uh went and made a 90 degree angle and went off to the far horizon and disappeared and i'll never forget the three of us were laying on our backs looking at that and we were uh, do we want to tell anybody about this? No, 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 no. Right. 
don't want it. You know, you don't want to get this. You know, oh, swamp gas, swamp gas. You know, and they're they're going to do the number on you. So I think what's happening is that this we're the biggest show in town. We are as a species. We're going to learn that we have been used like cattle by other races. Right. We are fighting for our freedom. Okay. And what we're going to learn in the months coming ahead is literally going to just blow people's minds. It really it is. Yes. Blow their minds. And, uh, you know, when they understand the true nature of the world and everything that goes on. So if you are curious about this kind of stuff now and you're following it, listening on interviews and being aware, you have a huge advantage over people that are calling you names. Right. Okay, because the people calling you names because they think they're so much smarter that all they have to do is let someone else do their thinking for them are all of a sudden going to find that everything they know is wrong and they're not going to have the mental facilities to sort through it too well. Now you have to, the mind is an instrument. It's a muscle. You have to use it. And you take somebody that all they know how to do is throw something in a microwave. <laughs> now you say, fine, can you build a smokeless fire? And they're just going to look at you like, what planet are you from? Right. All right. And But knowing how to make a smokeless fire is really important. Because if you're going to take your freeze-dried food and rehydrate it with water that you've got to schlep, you're going to have to find fuel to heat it. You're going to have to sit there and eat it. And so do you want a line of smoke going up into the sky that tells everybody, Hey, they're cooking. Yeah, Let's we're go here. Over here stop. Come on over. Right. Come on over. Right. Yeah, you don't want that. So there's a, there's a lot of naivete, a lot of judgment. And for these people, it's just stay away from them when they're freaking out. That's all. That's the best you can do. That's all. That's that you just want to just stay away. Keep your distance. Stay away yeah, yeah, from major yeah. cities. And uh, Marshall, to, j just to um, drive uh, the, the whole UFO thing home really quickly, um, wh what do you make of individuals who fully believe that um, these aliens were the ones who actually created us and we are just living through a science experiment? Well, if you have read the book, The Lost Book of Enki by Zachariah Sitchin, which I recommend to everybody, you'll find that we are a bioengineered species and that we are a combination of hominid and Anunnaki genes. And we were made as slaves to mine gold for the Anunnaki, which they use to repair their atmosphere from the damage caused during flybys through the core of our system and also come use our women for their slave breeding programs. So this is, we're going to, you know, we're going to learn that we are not as we're told, but my philosophy is it's all, you know, we're all made of stardust. Right. So the Anunnaki made us, they're made out of stardust. We're made out of stardust. The same stardust that was made 
eons and eons ago after the Big Bang, and our stardust will then, after we die, our stardust goes on and changes into something else. It goes right? back into the dark matter, yeah. That's right. That's right. We, we're always... So I think that there are races that are very, very concerned with us and what is happening because the universe is connected. Right. There are connections. And, uh, you know, there was a, a good science fiction movie where uh, these cre creatures come down. I can't remember. They make circle signs. Oh. And uh, in there, this girl that figures it out, and she finds out why these aliens have come out and made contact and taught us their stuff and given us all the knowledge is because they have seen forward in time that they will need our help to survive a crisis. So other races are able to go forward in time. We have Project Looking Glass at Area 51 that's able to look forward into the future as far as 2030. And I've reported on that. And uh, other races are doing it. The uh, We have very quaint and naive notions about what our greater connections are. But also I see us as a very, very talented species. Right. And we are on the verge of breakout that we are going to evolve beyond the control of the species that are enslaving us and using their, you know, their minions to do it to us. It's like, right. you know, remember the Roddy Piper film, They Live? I'd love it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And what are they? They're a bunch of whole humans. It's like, go ahead, betray your race. We're going <laughs> to make you rich. And these people think right. oh, that's the greatest thing since sliced bread. And yeah, I'm going to sell my guy. You know, I want to sell my race out for a buck. Not too far so from reality, right? Kind of yeah. It's it was very that film actually is is well worth watching for people. It's pretty realistic. It is very realistic. And I think we're going to have uh, a Roddy Piper sunglass <laughs> moment. I love that, and yes. Things are going to happen, but we are for these other races, there's races that look at us no differently than farm-raised catfish. Ah. We're commodities. Right. right? And, and by the way, the film you were talking about is actually called Signs. Signs? Right. Back in, uh, I believe that came out in 2002. And, uh, you know, it has Mel Gibson, Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, no. It wasn't Signs with Mel Gibson. Oh, no, it wasn't that Signs. Was crop circles. This is another one. It was more recent. I would have to find it. Oh, more recent. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it's about uh, these, they're these big aliens. They look like a standing octopus oh. and they make circles. And the, the, the researchers have to go into their spaceship and they're trying to communicate. And I would have to, uh, I, I'd have to find that. If, um, I will, and I'll, I'll let you know what it is. But we have, there's a lot of things that are coming and, and in the midst of all of this, what we have to focus on mm. is survival. We love just people love distraction. Never underestimate right. the power of human denial. All right. And we'll do anything 
not to have to face the hard stuff. Right, yes. All right, we'll we'll nibble around the edges, we'll pretend, you know, it's like <clears throat> eating a donut with sprinkles instead of taking a big bite of the donut and getting the jelly in the middle of all of that. Yeah. People like to pick the sprinkles <laughs> off one at a time. And they go, oh, I'm eating the donut, right? <laughs> that's true. And the movie you're talking about is called The Arrival. Ah, that's it. Yeah. it's a, The Arrival is a wonderful film. And um, oh, we're going to have to watch that now. Yeah, we're getting we're getting into the good stuff. And actually, it's just called Arrival. Actually, Arrival. Yeah, that's the name of it. Yep, that's the movie. And you, I think that is a phenomenal film. People should watch. And it's we're because it's it demonstrates the interconnection that they go through all of this stuff. We're afraid of a war, this and that, and the other stuff. But in the final analysis, why are they coming to us? Right. Because they know they're going to need us. But not to, uh, not, to mistake, not to mistake that movie for the other film called The Arrival that came out way back in 1996, which actually had Charlie Sheen. Um... Right. Yeah, I were, that was a good one with Charlie Sheen. You know, and uh, yeah, they the, discovered the uh, alien life. Yeah, yeah. Through uh, the the and the signal, the radio the, signal. The, the film uh, with uh, Denise Villeneuve, uh, twenty sixteen, Arrival twenty sixteen is the movie. Right. And I think that that film, to me, really demonstrates. There's a lot of films. There's a lot of our art that is really helping to prepare us for this. Uh, we're going to. We're going to find that you know, we're involved with aliens that are good, bad, and ugly. All right. And the good ones are really pulling for us because for good, it is about paying it forward, building alliances. But we're right now, we're, we're a violent species. We're going to be, what I can tell you is that the tribulation, which will be a whole series of events that I'm documenting in this book, will end in 19 or 2037, excuse me. And at that point, if there are still 2 billion of us left, we're doing good. I agree. I, right. I agree. And by the way, that reminded me as you're saying that um, you do recall the golden record we sent out in space, correct? Oh, yeah. Pioneers yeah. Uh, 10 and 11, I believe. Yeah. Well, I, I was just. I was just thinking, though, really quickly, though, Marshall, um, I wonder what kind of golden record we would send out today um, if NASA ever wanted to do it. Uh, and imagine what kind of music and uh, message it would be. I mean, the aliens would think we all had uh, colored hair. Hmm. Give me that again. <laughs> I'm saying that imagine what, what NASA would uh, send out in, in a new golden record. As you know, you know, they, they showcase sound and messages about a uh, humanity i'm just saying how different would that message be today uh, what, what kind of message would we be throwing out there to these uh, alien races and i'm and i'm making the joke that uh nasa would would um make them believe that we all had a multicolored hair and you know we're like social justice warriors now no they're not gonna you know, i hope the, not <laughs> they're, they're seeing th th we're pretty it's like you know, we're jungle people banging on the tom-toms compared to that. Pretty God much. Sake. Yeah, they view us yeah. as animals still, I believe. Yeah, I mean, they'll. but I think that, look, 
what I see in creation, God's creation, which is so magnificent, is that right. things that work are duplicated. Concepts are duplicated. You see a Fibonacci, you know, uh, it's in a it's in a seashell, but it's everywhere else. You see things, elements that repeat and repeat and repeat because they work. And that is creation. Creation is an ongoing work in progress. God's always perfecting it. God's always working it. And things are going to be useful or things are going to be useless. And if it's useful, you keep it. If it's useless, drop it where you where it lays and walk away from it. Don't try and salvage it. If it doesn't work, walk. That is basic survival. That's what we're learning. We're learning as a species. You know, there are a lot of folks that are really beautiful people, and they go to third world countries and donate their time to help the folks over there, doctors and other folks. Well, what's to say that there are not other races that want to help us in the same way? That's true. That they want to see us achieve our potential so that we can evolve and eventually reach out our hands to them in friendship. And I'm talking about a real friendship. I'm not talking about us being, you know, some perverted Anunnaki stormtroopers right. that want to go lay waste to the universe and we're the newest enemy that has to be destroyed. But we we literally do come in peace. And we hold out our hands, you know, uh, with noble intention and full commitment to do so. And I think that is where we are. We're, we're going through this, uh, the end of an age. Hmm. The world as we know it is dying before our eyes. It is. All right. And, for, you know... How many people out there know that on January 1, the petrodollar is officially dead? Because on January 1, that's when Saudi Arabia starts taking and selling oil for other currencies, namely right. reals, gold. It's got a side deal with China. 70% of the world is going bricks. They're going away from our colonial slave system and our central banks. So our system is collapsing. In real time. In real time. Yeah, we're scary. going to have an awful time of it. All right. And for, you know, you, we just have to uh, be consistent about how we approach this with eyes wide open and not any of these provincial notions of, how things are supposed to have. And we, you know, we're really great with assumptions, right? Well, assuming this and assuming that. My favorite is whenever anyone says, well, it stands to reason. Really? I never stood on a reason. How that's do you funny, stand on a reason? That's a fun thing. Is that, is, yeah. um, people say all these clever things. It's going to come down to there's going to be the ones that are smart. And the ones that are not. Now, I will tell you, the people who refuse to take the jab are the survivors. They're the ones that are going to come out of this. They are critical and spiritual thinkers. And so for them, critical thinkers is, hell no, you're not going to do that shit to me. And spiritual thinkers, hell no, you're not going to shit on the body God gave me. 
All right. And so the people who said no way, no how, and they were made to suffer for it. Okay. The cabal knew that they could get the normies to do whatever they wanted. Right. They own them. They control them. They're like farm-raised catfish. All right. And they took the normies and what did they do? They used the normies to drive them at the critical thinkers, to humiliate, harass, and embarrass them. And the normies ha were happy to do it. Oh, my God, I'm morally superior. and You're going to kill my parents because you don't want to kill yourself. I mean, the, the, the logic is so convoluted, it, it takes a lunatic to sort it out. Hmm. Uh, you know, one People of the have lost I, their minds, Marshall. Huh? I said people have lost their minds. They have. And you know what? They're going to get them back. When they're dropping dead like flies. It seems like it. And some people truly believe we are living in the end times described in the book of uh, Revelation. Do you agree with that, Marshall, to uh, any extent? I agree with it completely. Oh my. I'm writing my book, and I am going point by point, Revelation 8. Ah. Okay. Right. And it fits perfectly, like Legos. There's no square pegs and round holes. It's perfect. Click, 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 click. When John wrote eight, he was absolutely precise. Revelation nine, that is freaking him out because he is seeing the Anunnaki invasion. That's going to come in the middle of all of this. And, uh, you know, and as I explained to you about the five months before. So, right. this, all of this is going to happen. People who have been thinking about this, preparing, you know, we always hear, gosh, all the time right? on radio shows, buy gold, buy silver. Buy gold, buy gold yeah. Buy, silver. Right? buy right, silver. Right, right, right. You know, if someone's living hand to mouth and on credit cards, what are you supposed to do? Go out and run up a bunch of debt on a 26, 27% credit card so you can buy silver, you know? Stop and think about that. Uh, I wrote an article for my site, and I just said, why buy silver? Buy nickels. Good old American five-cent nickel. You know why good old American five-cent nickel? It's the only coin that is minted that actually has a higher scrap value than face value. A five-cent nickel, its scrap is worth seven cents. So if you get $100 worth of nickels, you're already ahead of the game. Now, you know, people go, uh, nickels, you always see them in the tip jars and, you know, who the hell needs a nickel or whatever. Well, I can remember when I could, with a nickel, I could get a candy bar or a hot dog or a soda pop for a nickel. And it wasn't some little shrinky piece of nothing. It was a real candy bar, it was a real hot dog, or it was a real soda. All right. And for example, in um, a few years ago, I think it was like in 2010 or something like that, Nathan's Hot Dogs had a special. They said, when we first opened our stand, you could buy a loaded hot dog for a nickel. And so we're selling hot dogs for a nickel. But they were losing so much money on it. They said, only for an hour, only here, only certain right. Very, very restrictive. Well, what you have to understand is the Federal Reserve note, the central banks, is fiat. What does fiat mean? Fiat really means 
It is a piece of paper that people are willing to exchange goods and services for. And that's it. That piece of paper is not worth anything more than people are willing to give for it. It is, it, it is a debt instrument. And right now, this debt instrument called the petrodollar is dead on January 1, which means our price of fuel is going to go up 50% again. Our fuel prices are going to soar. But once the dollars start flooding back into the country, because nobody needs to hold our dollars anymore. We're no longer the medium of exchange. They can do in rubles. They can do in, you know, any currency in bricks. All right. And they have all kinds. They can use their own currency. It's actually a very nice, decent system. It gives countries a chance to breathe so they don't uh, find themselves locked into these colonial NATO, uh, you know, central bankers that literally grab you by the short hairs and never let go. So these people are going away from it once nobody has any reason to hold dollars that much because you don't need them to they will hold them for a certain you know because it's still going to be useful but housing values are going to drop everything our you know our currency is going to tank we are going to go through something that we're going to go through an economic crisis that is absolutely going to be devastating. People are going to lose. One of the things I'm tracking right now, one of the guys that uh, following one of the people, right? Is, is he's noticing, and I think it's really smart as an indicator, but before Christmas season, retailers have to buy boxes. Amazon, they need to buy cardboard boxes because they're shipping product like crazy, uh, shipping it, you know, making it, sending it to the stores. The stores need the cardboard to right. box, you know, fulfill the orders and all. Nobody's ordering extra car, uh, uh, cardboard for this season. And you got to understand, 70% of retail, their big season is Christmas. That's the one that, that's the big woo-hoo that pulls them through the rest of the year. And right now, we're going to go into a flatline Christmas. After, in January, we're going to see bankruptcies and layoffs like you wouldn't imagine. Ooh. All right. And it's just going to keep, and then it's going to go from there. Then we're getting dragged into the wars and it's going to pile up and pile up and pile up. All right. <clears throat> because what the white hats are doing is they're letting the black hats do what they want to do. The black hats just, they want to destroy everything so they can reinvent it in a new system that they control. And the White Hats, okay, destroy your system. And then we're going to disrupt your operations and you can't do anything. And we, we've got to go through this. And then you're not going to wake up the public. You know, right now, we saw one state, uh, Youngland's state, he went to all Democrat. He lost his house. All right. And it was really because the Democrats were pushing abortion. And so they got the women voters that came out to punish the Republicans for uh, the abortion issue and to beat them up. Well, that's fine. Wait until all of a sudden 
they're you know they're starting to feel the economic pinch uh, of that decision and they hold a thin majority but it was emotional and people can do all these emotional decisions right now because they don't have to pay for it they don't feel it like other people do at the bottom especially if you're out in the rural areas so <clears throat> what's coming is going to be so painful that nobody nobody gets a free ride people are going to be the 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 currency's going to collapse you're not going to be able to go use your atm card all of a sudden your 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 uh girls are going to have to start signing up for the draft because they're going to need to draft women they don't have enough healthy young men now all of this stuff is going to start happening next year and you're going to see all of these normies who've had this fantasy idea of if we just think the world is going to be beautiful this way and we make it, it'll happen so we can lie, cheat, and steal and do anything we want to do because we have this beautiful dream and we're going to make this beautiful dream happen. And so you, like the old Nazis used to say, you got to break a few eggs to make an omelet. That's right. That's the whole attitude of the Democrats. Let's, we'll break a few eggs to make an omelet. They're thinking like Nazis. It's about winning, nothing more. It's not about the nation. It's not about being together. And God, I grew up in a steel town family that was solid Democrat, but they were working stiffs. And the party was for the working guy back then. Now it's the party that's against the working guy. And it's all elite controlled, but the loyalty they enjoy is amazing. And they enjoy loyalty from that part of the you know, the country that doesn't feel the economic pinch by virtue of their circumstances. Yeah, maybe, well, we can't afford this year. We'll, you know, we'll just, we'll go to New Mexico. We can't go to the Bahamas. You know, we need to cut back a little bit. Sacrifice because we're with Biden and we're making the world safe for the future and ecology and whatever they think they're doing. And it's all nonsense. People aren't thinking through because they've been programmed by the government to let someone else do their thinking for them this is all going this next year you're going to see it's going to be devastating my goodness marshall i could easily talk to you for longer here but we have definitely um hit our peak here and i i believe i i have to uh, close the show here and tell you marshall my goodness this has been a very uh, riveting conversation, very fascinating and pretty hard hitting. I think it's going to scare the lights out of a lot of people out there. And Marshall, before I let you go, always a honor and pleasure, my friend. Uh, please feel free to plug anything you'd like before we cut you loose here. Yes, just come to my site, Your Own World USA. That's Y-O-W-U-S-A.com. Or you can get there with my name, marshallmasters.com. That's with two L's. And that'll connect you with everything. And uh, get on my site and, you know, link me and follow me. And uh, I'm hoping by the end of this month, my new book is out. And for those of you, uh, get that, that book is going to be, uh, again, uh, Revelation and Planet X, the Colburn Bible Indigo Connection. And it is going to give you a blow by blow for everything that's going to happen between now and 2037. 
And I look once that's up, I look forward to coming back and on and talking with you about it. Oh yes, hell yes, it's going to be amazing, and I am um, just excited for the new book. And my goodness, Marshall, time flew by as always. And uh, Marshall, I'll talk to you on the other side, my friend. Will do. And uh, and there he goes, boys and girls. That was my guest, Mr. Marshall Masters, and I hope you enjoyed that one as much as I did. And of course, go to his website, yaousa.com. For more information, and of course, if you want bonus material, go to patreon.com slash michaeldeacon and sign up and become a member, or sign up here through YouTube. That's a lot more convenient for some of you out there, I know very well. And of course, shout out to all of you in the chat room, and of course, those of you who will listen back on the podcast version of the program, and that is where the fun continues. Search the Michael Deacon program, and you found us. Keep in mind, if you want to stay up to date on the program and everything that is uh, related to the program, go to michaeldeacon.com and sign up on our form and the newsletter. We look to hear from you soon. And with that said, the world is a mysterious place and life itself is a mystery. Until next time, mahalo. Whew.